Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the judgment of the nations as we pick up in Psalm chapter 2, verse 9. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And to those on the left, he will say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, into everlasting judgment that was prepared for Satan and his angels. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me to drink. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. Well, Lord, when did we see you in these conditions? And he said, Inasmuch as you did it unto the least of these my brethren, you did it unto me, speaking of his brethren the Jews. So the nations will actually be judged concerning their treatment of his brethren. Now, those who are placed on the right side will be allowed to go into the kingdom age. Now, when Jesus comes again in his second coming, we will be coming with him, only we will be in our glorified bodies. We will have gone through the metamorphosis that Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I show you a mystery. We're not going to all sleep, but we're all going to be changed. The metamorphosis in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, for this corruption must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. And so Paul said, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. We'll be coming back with Jesus to live and reign with him for a thousand years during his millennial reign upon the earth. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, as it is speaking of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us and all, and it speaks there, and we shall reign with him as a kingdom of priests. And then in the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, as he takes the sealed scroll out of the right hand of him who is sitting upon the throne, the glorious song that is sung at that point by the church is, Worthy is the Lamb to take the scroll and loose the seals, for he was slain and has redeemed us by his blood out of all nations, tribes, tongues, and peoples, and hath made us unto our God a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign with him upon the earth. So we're coming back to reign with Jesus upon the earth in his kingdom for a thousand years. That's one company, the church, in their glorified bodies. But it will be possible, and there will be some, who will actually live through the great tribulation period. They'll survive it. And providing they have not worshipped the Antichrist, providing they have not taken his mark, and providing their interest in God's people, they will be allowed to enter into the kingdom age in these bodies like we presently have. In an earth that will be renewed and restored as was the Garden of Eden, in that again there will be a restored longevity of life 
for a child will die being a hundred. But yet those that is evil, but those that are righteous will, will, will fulfill their years. They, they won't die. They will live during this entire period of time. The longevity will be restored. But our position with Christ at that time, Satan will be bound, that force will be bound, and so Christ will be ruling, but we will be the enforcers of righteousness. As he said to the church of Thyatira, to those that have overcome, they will be with me and they will rule over the nations with a rod of iron and all. And so here speaks of the ironclad type of rule that Jesus will have. In other words, people will be forced to be good. Person who's evil gets popped like a clay pot, broken in shivers like a potter's vessel when it's hit with a piece of iron. It will be an ironclad rule. We won't have any sob sisters carrying signs in those days of leniency for the rapist. There will be absolute righteous judgment exercised. And people will be forced. That is, those who live in. Now, those who survive and live into the kingdom age, being in these bodies, will actually be able to bear children and there probably will be quite a population explosion during this period of time as the earth will be restored to such ideal conditions. However, at that point, we in our glorified bodies will be as the angels who neither marry nor are given in marriage. But we will just be with Christ, reigning and ruling with him, during the kingdom age over those people who have survived the great tribulation, who have survived the judgment of Jesus. And I do believe that that is what the 45-day thing is in Daniel, where he says, Daniel saying, how long, Lord, till the end? And he said, from the time that they cause the daily sacrifices and oblations to cease, it'll be 1,290 days. But blessed is he who comes to the 1,335th day, which... The blessedness of it is that you've made it through the judgment period. You can enter into the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. During this thousand years, as we live upon a renewed earth under ideal conditions, it will be glorious. Annually, we'll be all taking a trip to Jerusalem <laughs> to sit at the feet of Jesus and just to worship there together in a glorious annual holiday. As the kings of the earth, which will be the church, come and, and sort of present themselves before the Lord in Jerusalem, bringing the fruits of, of their section of the earth. And the Lord said that in the parable, when he had distributed the talents to the one he gave five, he brought back and he said, Lord, you gave me five, I've increased them, and here are 10. And the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. Now I will make thee ruler over ten cities. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Enter into the kingdom age and ruling over ten cities. So the degree of our reigning and ruling with Christ will be in relationship to the degree of our faithfulness to those things that he's entrusted to us now. 
If I am faithful now in the little things that God has entrusted to me. But he said, if he has entrusted the little things and we haven't taken care of them, then why would he entrust to us the greater things of the kingdom? And so we live and reign with Christ. Now at the end of that thousand-year reign, Satan is going to be released and will go around the earth and deceive many people. Now, there is no way that Satan at that point could deceive you or drag you down because you're already in your glorified body. And you see, the only real angle that Satan has with us now is, in, is the body. If it weren't for this body of flesh, Satan would be no problem to me at all. But it's because of my body of flesh, my fleshly desires that he appeals to to get me to trip up. But I'll be in my glorified body. So people say, oh, you know, Satan's going to be many deceived. Will I be deceived? No, not if you're a child of God in your glorified body. No way. But those who have come into the kingdom who have been forced to be righteous, those who were born during this thousand-year period will then have their time of testing. And God, just to prove through all eternity the human depravity of man, will allow Satan to be released after men have lived in the ideal conditions under the reign of Christ for a thousand years, Satan will actually be able to gather together a great army to rebel against Jesus, to come against Jerusalem, to try to drive him out, if you can believe that. The human depravity, God will have proven it once and for all so that no one throughout all eternity will question the judgment of God in that he has cast certain ones out from his eternal kingdom. There will be no challenging of the fairness or justice of God because every man will have his chance and man will prove what is in him. So... The kingdom age, this is what we're referring to here. Ask of me, I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance, the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession, as Jesus shall reign, as we sing, where the sun doth their successive journeys run. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Now he's talking really to us who will be reigning with him as kings, as judges, as enforcers of his righteousness. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. The bottom line. Blessed are those who put their trust or happier those who put their trust in him. The third psalm is the psalm of David when he was fleeing from Absalom, going over the Mount of Olives and out towards the Judean wilderness on news that Absalom was coming from, with an army from Hebron. And David pours out his heart to the Lord Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Absalom had been able to gather much of Judah against David. 
Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. God won't help him now. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head, O God. There are a lot of people that have risen against me. A lot of people going around saying, God won't help him now, but oh God, you're my shield. You're, my, you're the one who lifts up my head. You're my glory. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He heard me out of his holy hill. Now know all the tension that is there. He's running. He doesn't know what the future holds. This could be it. But he said, I laid me down and slept. <laughs> I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. He was able to sleep under these conditions. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. So the psalm begins with a cry of despair from all of the trouble, those which had risen up against him, those who said there was no hope. But he turns to God in this condition, and he is assured of God's strength and help. And the psalm ends really with a glorious note of victory. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. The fourth psalm is to the chief musician on Niganoth. Now, Niganoth is a stringed instrument, and it's mentioned in connection with several of the psalms. 3, 5, 53, 54, 60, 66, and 75. So it's some kind of a stringed instrument that they had in those days, and so this psalm was to be accompanied as they sang it with this particular stringed instrument. David probably wrote not just the psalm, but the music, and also uh, scored for the Niganoth so that the Niganoth player could play along the chords with them as they were singing. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. This is really a prayer of the evening, as David is calling unto God. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after deceitfulness or deception? But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still in the evening. Just lying there. Commune with your own heart. Just be still before the Lord. Just let your heart be in communion with him. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Now, again, in the last psalm, he was talking about those that say there's no help for him in God. There are always those negative people around. 
And there are always those who are going to say, oh, who's going to show us any good? David's answer, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. For thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase. That is, those people who are negative about God. Ah, oh, what good does it do to pray? What good does it do to worship God? Who's going to show you any good? And David says, Lord, you've put happiness, gladness in my heart more than theirs when they are in the midst of their thanksgiving, their harvest, their wine. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. So the glorious ability of the child of God to sleep, even in the midst of problems, because of our trust in the Lord. Psalm 5 is a prayer of the morning. Psalm 4 was the prayer of the evening. And now for the morning. Give ear unto my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and look up. This again is upon Aniganoth, the song of David. And he said, For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight, and thou hatest all of the workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak deceitfully. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. Now, this is an old English kind of a word. Over in England, to say, you know, you're a bloody bloke is, is really a, a bad thing. In England, you know, the word bloody is really a gutter type of word. You've got to really watch your language when you go really from one culture to the other because you can be saying things that are, are sort of weird. When I was over in England, I was speaking to a group of ministers and I was sharing with them a little bit about the history of Calvary Chapel and how before we came, the group of people that were praying whether or not to try to keep going or just to quit, and they were discouraged. There were only about 25 people here, and, and, and they had a little church down here on Church Street in Costa Mesa, and, and they had gone for a couple of years, and and we're actually just deciding to whether or not to try and go or not. And so a prophecy came to them. And in the prophecy, the Lord said that Chuck Smith is going to come down and be your new pastor. And the church is going to be blessed. You're going to outgrow this facility. You're going to have to move on to the bluff overlooking the bay. The church will be going on the radio nationally, and it will be known around the world. 25 discouraged people ready to quit in a prophecy like that, and you have the same attitude as the guy upon whom the king leaned when Elisha said tomorrow they'll be selling a barrel of, of wheat for 60 cents in the gate of the city, and he said if God would open up the windows in heaven, could such a thing be? It seemed utterly impossible 
The prophecy went on to say, as soon as Chuck comes down, he's not going to like the, the church. He's going to suggest that you remodel it, remodel the platform and all. And, and uh, you know, it was just encouragement, get in and do it. They didn't tell me anything about the prophecy. In fact, when I finally said, yes, I will come down, they called me back the next day and they said, don't bother, we've decided to quit. We just have had it, it's, you know. And I said, hey, I've already resigned. I'm on my way, you know. So the first Sunday <laughs> to the sizzler. And I took the napkin on the table. And I said to the guys, we really need to remodel the church. And here's what we need to do to the platform. And I began to draw on the napkin remodeling design for the, for the church. Now, they didn't tell me about the prophecy. I didn't know anything about it. But they all began to get real excited. <laughs> and they said, that sounds great. Let's start this week. And I thought, wow, this is all right. I've got an eager crew here, you know. <laughs> and so I was relating this to the ministers in England, how that I took out a napkin and I began to draw the plans on the napkin. Afterwards, my host over there said, um, in England... We call baby diapers a napkin. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 2 through 5 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and watch over you during the week. May your love and commitment to God grow day by day that we might render unto God that which is pleasing and acceptable in His sight of our time, of our service, of our abilities, of our substance. God bless you. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in You. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith 
that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And that is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.